You're listening to Kyle Warren. Well, as we begin to see the end of 2020 approaching, and for all of us, I think it's such a welcome sight. We're going to welcome in 2021. And folks, you know, there's a lot to talk about today on the program. We're going to get to so many things about President Trump vetoing the defense bill. Talk about the stimulus bill. All these different things. But folks, a mystery that has haunted us for over 30 years has now been solved. And we will tell you about that on the program today. First off, not going to keep you in suspense. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone, around the globe and across the net. Kyle Warren with you. And a great pleasure to be with you as we race into and rocket into this Wednesday edition. It is the Christmas Eve Eve edition of the program. And that, of course, means it's uh, December 23rd, 2020. And, of course, tomorrow on the Christmas Eve edition of the program, we're going to have a very special Christmas segment for you and I don't want you to miss it please uh, be sure to join us tomorrow on Christmas Eve and uh, we'll have a very very special uh, Christmas segment on the program for you okay so as I said we've got a lot to talk about but true to my word I am not going to keep you in suspense on this now over 30 year mystery that has plagued so many people and at this time of year for this to come along it's absolutely perfect so that's why we're leading the show with it today folks there has been an ongoing debate an ongoing debate as to whether or not the 1988 movie die hard was in fact a christmas movie or not (laughs) okay and i've known a lot of people who've talked to me about this and just in conversation over the years uh there is the old saying now of course that there are those who uh think that die hard uh, the original die hard of course is a christmas movie and those that are wrong so i'm sure that you've heard that well folks this from digital spy it's the battle that rages every christmas is die hard really a christmas movie While in the past, most people haven't considered it a classic of the festive genre, the movie's writer has settled the debate once and for all, confirming, get this folks, it is indeed a Christmas classic. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, you know, Die Hard uh, really just, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just came onto the scene back then in 1988. And of course, launched Bruce Willis into his action uh, persona uh, roles, uh, just made him a superstar, a superstar beyond uh, expectation, of course. And uh, of course, he's reprised the role of John McClane uh, in several Die Hard movies uh, as well. And it really kind of became almost a gold standard of high energy, high action, unexpected, uh, just uh, something, just incredible action, action movies. But of course, the original Die Hard was really, really something. I remember going to see that. I remember the theater I saw it at. And I just remember we were blown through the back of the theater. Uh, uh, and, and just uh, it was just an incredible
incredible, an incredible movie. And even when you watch it many, many years later, it still has good energy, good pacing, uh, characters, and so forth, and uh, that that you like or that you're rooting for or that you love to hate. So. I don't know. I, I've always thought it's a Christmas movie. Well, it takes place on Christmas Eve, right? Although some people have asked what kind of company has their big corporate Christmas party on Christmas Eve. But that uh, be that as it may, it helps to move the story along. So Stephen E. D'Souza uh, gave a handy, a handy checklist, according to the article, while appearing on Script Apart podcast, comparing it to the baseline Christmas movie 1954's White Christmas. In his examination, he notes that Die Hard takes place entirely in the Christmas holidays, while only the first and final scenes of White Christmas are set during the holiday season. The entirety of Die Hard is also set at a Christmas party, while only the end of the 1950s counterpart is. Uh, Interestingly, there are four Christmas songs in Die Hard, compared to only two in White Christmas, and the Die Hard party venue is threatened by terrorists, while the one in the earlier movie is threatened by foreclosure so there you have it folks Stephen e or steve e yeah, pardon me Stephen e d'souza has now declared once and for all and you can tell your friends uh your children about this <laughs> you know i know it's been plaguing you uh i've always to me it's always been a christmas movie to me it's always been like that and fun to watch around the holiday time uh but there you have it folks confirmed once and for all uh so i don't know if any anybody out there ever made bets on this uh you can probably go collect on those bets at this point so once again folks welcome to the program we have a lot to talk about, as always, here on the program today. We've got some great audio clips. Uh, we've got a clip from Joe Biden that is uh, going viral. It's, again, making the rounds. And quite frankly, I think the Biden people are terrified. They're terrified of having their guy out there without any script. Because in the, in the clip that we have, he goes off script. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, well, let's play it for you here in just a second. But first, let me give you a quick program note. I will be a guest later on this evening on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program with host Captain Matt Bruce, with the program going out along the Salem Media Group of stations, also along the GCN network as well. And uh, we hope that you can join us. It all happens at 11.05 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. And of course, the Captain and I will have a complete wrap-up of all of the day's uh, events, the political events, what's going on with President Trump. And uh, I don't know, maybe I can squeeze in the, the diehard thing later on, uh, Savora radio audience to hear and uh, so i'm sure that they will appreciate that uh but do join us and just simply go to kylewarrenshow.com there you'll find links to listen live to the captain's flagship station of am860 the answer there in uh, tampa florida and um and i think the captain's got some stuff lined up uh for his program tonight uh christmas wise and so forth uh this will be the last captain's america until monday morning the captain taking a couple of well-deserved days off it's hard to get him to take time off i'll just let you know that and uh but when when uh but of course it's christmas time and so the captain gets uh, some well-deserved r and r uh before coming back on monday so be sure to tune in tonight we hope to uh, hope to see you on the radio um, okay, so let me see here. Let me find this. Okay, so so Joe Biden, Joe Biden uh, did his press conference uh, a couple of days ago, and then Fox News's Peter Ducey 
was yelling a question at him after he was done with the uh, uh, question and answer love fest or whatever it is you want to call it. Uh, But you'll hear the question there and then we'll hear Joe Biden's response to this. Okay, stop, stop, stop right there. Just so we can hear uh, the audio there is low because Peter Ducey is way, way, way over off the stage, basically. So Joe Biden starts here. Okay, thank you. And he's so happy and he's going to go away now uh, back uh, off stage. And uh, so then he sort of stops because Peter Ducey is saying, Mr. President-elect, do you still think that the stories from uh, from the fall about your son Hunter were Russian disinformation and a smear campaign, like you said. So first off, Joe Biden stops in his tracks. He's kind of looking at him, and he gets that look like I'm startled. I don't know. Is someone talking to me? What? Well, he's in other words, he always looks like he's having a hard time processing the whole thing. So then. He kind of laughs, kind of <laughs> like, like, uh, oh, no, uh, it's kind of like Kamala Harris was laughing when she was asked about, do you still f- have these uh, criticisms of Joe Biden? She laughed and laughed and said it was a debate. Uh, so then uh, Biden starts walking away, but then he stops and he turns and he says the following. Yes, yes. God love you, man. You, you're a one horse pony. I tell you. Thank you. Thank you. I promise you my Justice Department will be totally on its own making its judgments about how they should proceed. Thank you. So he says, yes, yes, yes. Uh, God love you, man. You're a one horse pony, I tell you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, can you imagine, again, if President Trump called someone a one horse pony, let alone a lying dog faced pony soldier? What is it? with biden and ponies oh what what is it the pony soldier the one horse pony (sighs) it just it means folks unfortunately we're watching it get worse with biden not better okay much more on the other side of the break stay right there to kyle warren if you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVET service officer or to learn more, visit at amvets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. (laughs) Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah. 
that crisp, refreshing taste, that smooth style, that effervescing attitude, and without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. worldwide. Merry Christmas from all of us at The Kyle Warren Show. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. Yes, that's right. And thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that great liner. And we will hear from uh, Ron in a brand new Edwards Notebook here in uh, just a little bit. So thank you once again. Folks, welcome back to the program. And don't forget, you can go to KyleWarrenShow.com. There you can find me on Parlor. We're on Parlor now at Kyle Warren Show. You can also subscribe to the program. You can check out my video pick of the day, all that and much more right there at kylewarrenshow.com. And we keep going up and up and up, just like the music is doing right there, folks. And uh, that is for one reason and one reason only, and that, of course, is you, the listener. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing the program on your social media. Thank you for subscribing to the program, for checking in, uh, and uh, for just, uh, of course, being there. We don't have a show without listeners, and uh, we really, really appreciate it. And of course, and we're going to be saying uh, an official Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. But let me take this opportunity just to say once again, uh, Merry Christmas, very happy holidays to everybody. And uh, thanks for uh, for being a part of this over the last year. And then also, of course, as we head into the new year, folks, and I know so many people are looking forward to 2021. Uh, they're, they're waiting to see 2020 go. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, 2021 is is good for for everybody um we're seeing some dark clouds gathering though is it is it joe biden's long dark winter i don't know but we are seeing some dark clouds gathering in terms of the new strain as it were of covid19 uh in great britain we'll tell you a little bit about that uh and then of course also the notion the specter if you will that uh, more businesses will continue to be shut down that more people will continue to suffer as a result of all of this um and and so again, we're hoping 2021 brings some much needed uh, sunlight, some much needed uh, openness, some much needed relief uh, out of all of this. And uh, But I got to tell you, I think people have been very, very strong. They have been persevering throughout this time. And um, I, I know people personally whose doors are closed uh, because of the restrictions here in California. By the way, the... Um, 
the effort to recall Governor Newsom is still gaining steam. Uh, they're gathering more and more signatures. They've received an extension, I think, until March. I think it's March the 17th, somewhere in there, uh, where they can continue to gather enough signatures to uh, to uh, uh, to initialize the recall, basically. Uh, so this is very, very important. A lot of people in California, and I, I think this you can't repeat this enough. I think a lot of people in California, even if they identify as Democrats, they're really finding that something is wrong, very, very wrong in Sacramento. Something is wrong, very, very wrong with Governor Newsom and uh, his uh, lockdowns and restrictions. Um, Also, I mean, not only is it an economic impact. And I think that's really apparent. Uh, and uh, But it's also a psychological impact. Um, in fact, one of my friends, a small business person, you know, said said just in conversation, but it was it was very genuine. Uh, it wasn't something uh, uh, it, it was just something that sort of came out. He said, you know, why is it that, you know, my industry, my 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 profession, my my job is considered non-essential? Uh, and so it's it's hard to tell people that, right? Uh, and it's it's wrong to tell people that. I'm sorry, you're not essential, um, and especially at a time when so many the government people aren't missing paychecks, uh, the Congress or they're not missing paychecks. Um, there's others that aren't missing paychecks because now they've been deemed essential. Um, and so again, the, the impact of this is is incalculable. And I'm not I'm not trying to go down a, a sad rabbit hole here, but it's a it's a reality uh, of, of the of what's happening around us. We're seeing all these people um, who, as I think I mentioned before, people who you, you feel they're, they're bright, uh, they would light up the room, they, they would but give them so many months of 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 shutdown. Uh, and I don't mean just quarantine, but I mean shut down. Sorry, you're not essential that that is is horrible it's a horrible thing to do to people so one of the things maybe we can do this holiday season as well is make sure that we that we encourage those around us who've been so much less fortunate in in the um, the government crackdowns and the shot shutdowns and all that um and just make sure that they know that uh that you're there for them uh, they need something um just even words of encouragement i've had people tell me the very fact that you simply keep in touch and and tell me it's going to be okay and that I can do this means means a lot and that's something we can do for our friends our our you know our local our little sphere of friends and things like that we you know it doesn't have to be some big big macro thing it's just little things and it all adds up and um, and we all need encouragement I need encouragement from time to time as well well a lot <laughs> as anybody else would. Only because you keep wanting to see what's the end of it. Where's the end of the tunnel? And that's where the vaccine thing came in, folks, right? Oh, we're, we're waiting for this vaccine. They were just, we just get a vaccine. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, we're all going to be fine if, if we just get the vaccine, then we'll get back to normal. And the, uh, 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 you know, the, the high school uh, people can play football games and, and uh, then we can go to the movies and, and, and go to Disneyland and take a trip and, and not be worried. And we can just, you know, and what did president Trump do? I'm going to get this operation warp speed underway. 
And he, in Star Trek parlance, gave the word, right? Gave the, what's the word? The word is warp speed. And that's what they did. And all of a sudden, then, of course, what, a week or so after the election, well, maybe now we, now we have the vaccine. That's another story. But now we're hearing, of course, oh, there's another strain. Something else is happening. Um, and of course, now they're saying, well, it would probably probably uh, uh, work with the vaccines. In fact, this from Reuters, Moderna said on Wednesday, it expects that the immunity induced by the COVID-19, its COVID-19 vaccine would be protective against the coronavirus variants reported in the UK. The company said it plans to run tests to confirm the vaccine's activity against any strain moderna's comments came amid british government's plan to place huge swaths of england under the strictest covid19 restrictions as a highly infectious virus variant sweeps the country the company said that is moderna said it is it expects its vaccine which was recently granted in the u.s emergency use authorization to be protective against the uk variant based on data to date See, sometimes what makes me nervous about these kinds of things, that's the wiggle room sort of language. Uh, well, to date, as far as we know, uh, well, maybe, maybe not, you know, that's again. So no matter what, and, and again, that's uh, hopefully they're looking at, you know, as they say, the science of it all. But what can happen, though, too, of course, because this particular virus um, has all the politics attached to it. And I think when all is said and done, and when we see what and we get perspective on this historically, we're going to find out that the the, uh, the the politics overrode so much of this. Because again, well, it's it's this is something we can get rid of Trump with, right? We can blame Trump, and uh, even though Trump started taking actions doesn't matter because trump's uh, uh he's a xenophobe and he's all these kinds of things um but again using the virus for the lockdowns and using the virus for for making and and by the way and we'll get to the stimulus here in a little bit but making it uh so hard to get this another stimulus through after the first one because oh wait a minute this could make trump look good so now the politics rear its head there. Now the politics will continue to be a big factor in this as Joe Biden presumably comes into office because, you know, I don't think the Biden machine really wants this thing to go away anytime soon. I think they want to come in there. I think they want to do the here's your mask mandate. Oh, it's only for 100 days. That sounds surprisingly like the two weeks to stop the slow the spread. Everybody hunker down for two weeks. That's all it's going to take. And all that. And I think they I think they sailed a lot of these things by Trump um, in the sense that, you know, hey, he's trying to take in all of this information. He's trying to do the right thing. He wants to err on the side of caution. But I think that there is a lot more going on there. It's most unfortunate. But uh, but of course, now with the all the politics associated with this and what is it, what is what and what has the political aspect of this done? It's divided us further. It's made people yell at other people who they don't even know because they're either wearing their mask wrong or didn't put on a mask yet. Or it's causing people to say there's an order out there saying my restaurant has to be closed, but I'm I can't feed my family. 
I owe money. I have to pay rent, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so what are they doing? Well, there's a lot of people in California right here, right now, who are actually opening their restaurants. I drove by several of them today as I was out and about. And, uh, and they're, they're, they're doing their thing. They have to. They feel as though they have no other choice. And yet you have the politicians able to go to the French Laundry and, and this kind of thing and do, as, and do whatever they want to do. Meanwhile, while other people literally are dying on the vine and it becomes so terrible and onerous upon them that I can't imagine the psychological impact. And again, that's why we have to do what we can for our friends, encourage them. Okay, folks, we're going to be right back right after this. We'll talk about the stimulus, the defense bill. Stay right there. Hi, folks, this is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks, this is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on the Kyle Warren Show. When the first settlers arrived in America, the influence of the Bible on their lives came with them. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, for many early settlers, their Christian faith was as much a part of who they were as the brave spirit was, and their faith impacted everything they did. This fact stands out boldly as one sees again and again. Scripture reflected in the individual colonies' statements of the goal of their government. The Rhode Island Charter, for example, of 1683, clearly states, quote, We submit our person, lives, and estates unto our Lord Jesus Christ and the King of kings and Lord of lords, and to all those perfect and most absolute laws he gave us in his holy word. In fact, from the first colony at Jamestown and to the Pennsylvania Charter of Privileges granted to William Penn in 1701 were all persons who profess to believe in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, shall be capable to serve this government in any capacity, both legislatively and executively. The Bible was considered the rule of life in the colonies as the Word of God becomes the standard of life in America again, she will be great again and the standard of the world among nations. I'm Ron Edwards. Enjoy the Edwards Notebook on K-Star Talk Radio. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Wednesday edition of the program. Wednesday, it is December 23rd, 2020, Christmas Eve Eve. And uh, uh, once again, glad to be with you and thank you for listening. Okay, we mentioned briefly about the UK uh, imposing greater lockdowns. And that's that's really true. Uh, this is exactly what's happening uh, right now. Uh, Boris Johnson, of course, talking about, well, you know, essentially canceling Christmas. I don't think you can travel outside of your family unit or something like that uh, for uh, for Christmas. But this from Business Insider. Uh, this is from yesterday, but it's obviously apropos today. Um, and that's and the headline here. Wealthy Brits are fleeing the UK in private jets to avoid new lockdowns ahead of the Christmas ahead of Christmas while Londoners are trapped in their city. Uh, 
as Londoners flocked to train stations over the weekend in a last-ditch effort to escape new lockdown restrictions, British High Society went to London's private jet terminals to catch charter flights out of the country. Parts of the UK entered into a Tier 4 lockdown this week amid news of rapidly spreading new strain of the novel coronavirus. London is among those regions impacted by the lockdown that severely limits travel and mandates residents to, quote, stay at home unless they have a reasonable excuse to leave. Uh, the new lockdown. See, that's interesting. That's different than, well, stay home, you know. But, in, for example, in California, there is a stay-at-home order, but people go out to work. I, I People are out Christmas shopping. Uh, you know, I think arguably it's it's not as many as one might think on the day on the day before the day before Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, but uh, still in all, you have people that are pretty much going about about their business. The issue is they can't go into a restaurant and sit down and eat. They can't sit outside a restaurant uh, and eat. They can't get their hair done. Uh, they can't get their nails done. Uh, there's numerous other things that they can't do um and they're not supposed to congregate and they're not supposed to do non-essential travel but people are out there that i can tell you the freeways are full the streets are full people are going uh, they're bustling to and fro but that but that is different than what this sounds like reasonable excuse to leave your home so back to the article the new lockdown is expected to extend through the christmas holiday causing a mass exodus from the city before it became illegal to leave, the BBC reported. While the masses turned to cars, trains, commercial airlines, and buses to flee the city, those fortunate enough to do so turned to private aviation firms who say that they've seen an increase in the UK bookings from the weekend. Inquiries reached a peak yesterday with many looking to travel to second homes for Christmas or bring forward pre-booked flights with us to warmer destinations such as Dubai or the Maldives. Uh, Mark Briffa, uh, the CEO of private charter brokerage Air Partner, told Business Insider, fleeing the country was made more difficult as the rest of the world closed their borders, by the way, to Britain amid news of the deadlier strain of the novel coronavirus. A March redo, uh, over four, uh, 40 countries from Canada to Singapore, Argentina to Hong Kong have banned flights from the UK, the New York Times reports, or are requiring quarantines for inbound passengers. As some countries suspend travel to and from the UK, many of our clients are making last-minute arrangements with us to leave the country before the borders close. This is, again, big-time stuff, folks. And uh, these lockdowns in the U.K., of course, are really, um, uh, they're, they're really, really something. Uh, and uh, so, again, this is just a, a major, major uh, uh, development in terms of travel, in terms of what's happening um, in, uh, in the U.K. itself. So, again, um, you know, I hope that people there are going to be OK in the sense, I, you know, they say that this particular strain could uh, be more about 70 percent more infectious. And then also the kicker here is that somehow it could involve young people uh, uh, being more um, more uh, susceptible to this. Uh, so again, now all viruses mutate. We know that. Um, but again, and, and, and so I think what we're looking for here is 
when will we know for real whether or not the vaccines actually do protect against this or do they have really um, like for example reduced effectiveness or is it nothing at all that's the question and we don't know the answer to that until we get a little further down uh, down the road i think um okay so let's see here let's uh let's switch gears here this from bloomberg president donald trump on wednesday vetoed the 740 and a half billion dollar u.s defense policy bill touching off a battle with congress that could end in his first override by lawmakers with house speaker nancy pelosi promising action next week In his veto statement, Trump called the annual defense measure a, quote, gift to China and Russia, saying it failed to, quote, include critical national security measures, includes provisions that failed to respect our veterans and our military's history. House and Senate members have already been notified that they might be called back to Washington next week to override the veto. The bill passed both chambers with enough support to reach the two-thirds threshold to overrule the president, although some members could change their votes. Pelosi said in a statement shortly afterward that Congress would begin uh, the uh, would begin voting to override on Monday uh, the president's veto of the National Defense Authorization Act or NDAA as it's known is an act of staggering recklessness that harms our troops, endangers our security and undermines the will of the bipartisan Congress, the California Democrat said. Trump's rejection of the crucial legislation aggravated already raw tensions between the White House and Capitol Hill and came just a day after him lambasted the coronavirus relief measure that both chambers of Congress had passed late Monday after months of negotiations. Let me tell you this, folks. The whole thing with the coronavirus bill, now obviously President Trump could sign it, uh, he can veto it. He c- can send it back. Those are the options, right? In the sense, he could he could send it back with the what they call a pocket deal. As I understand, he can say, "Well, this is you know what I want," or that's this kind of thing. But the idea, of course, is this: the, there are people out there who absolutely need the money. Um, now, President Trump has said he wants it to be more like two thousand dollars, up from six hundred dollars per person. So more like two thousand per person, and four thousand per family in that range, basically. Um, but the thing is, is that there's so many, there's so much pork in this bill that President Trump, I, I, I think ultimately, um, unless we see differently here, ultimately he may, he may sign it. Um, and simply, uh, you know, uh, pass it through. Um, or if he, if it, that's not the case, uh, then that means that there's a delay on getting people this money, but it's not a lot in the, in the grand sense, $600 after, um, several months of either being out of work, not being able to pay your rent, your commercial rent, your residential rent, not being able to pay your employees, not be able to buy the things you need to buy, pay the bills you need to pay. Uh, $600 um, seems like a very small, tiny amount compared to what people really, really need. Because now some people have had things deferred, right? Some people have had things deferred. And they've been able, and with the um, moratorium on evictions, then that has also stopped those kinds of proceedings, basically. But people need... Uh, but when people emerge out of this or we emerge out of this problem uh, to the point where the eviction moratoriums are um, 
um, are you know, the, where the eviction moratoriums uh, go away and so forth, then what happens then people will end up owing all this money. And if they don't have the ability to pay it up back over time, some of them may come up with, have to, you know, maybe faced with a balloon payment. Well, you didn't pay mortgage from for five months. So you at the end of this crisis, you owe five months of mortgage right away. So let's say your mortgage is two thousand dollars. Well, you, you owe five months and so you ten thousand dollars. And most people who haven't been working have had no income, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to have $10,000 to go give the mortgage company. Yeah, And so it's for obvious reasons. And so this is such a bad deal. But the president can, um, you know, I think he wants it to be more. But at the same time, so he could sign it and say, well, it really should be more and then pass it off to Biden. Or he could he could really hold out. But the question is, you know, is that the right move? Um, and uh, w- would people back that or would they then see Trump as the villain? Because up to this point, of course, it's Nancy Pelosi who's been the villainous. You're in listening this. to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol like statins may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug-in to e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plugin. In sports, five games were featured in hockey action last week. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're being schooled by Kyle Warren, the professor of politics. 
That's right. Once again, thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that great liner. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through, rocketing through the Wednesday edition of the program. And with all the talk about ponies from Joe Biden, I'm wondering if maybe he's hinting that that's what he wants Santa to bring him for Christmas. Maybe he wants... I don't know, a pony. <laughs> well, maybe so. Uh, I'm sure he'd be excited. Who wouldn't be, right, for a pony? Uh, but at any rate, folks, welcome back to the uh, program. So much more to tell you about uh, as we continue uh, through the uh, through the program today. Right during the break, I did see this article. Just popped it up here. This is from Fox News. Uh, George Papadopoulos. Uh, he's, uh, he was the person, of course, just got uh, one of the people that just got pardoned by Donald Trump, but, uh, interesting article here, former Trump 2016 campaign advisor, George Papadopoulos celebrated the pardon president Trump granted to him while noting that he may not be done with his accusers. Papadopoulos served a 14-day prison sentence after pleading guilty to providing false statements to investigators about the timing of his meeting with a professor who's with supposed supposed ties to Russia and a female Russian national. Papadopoulos has since claimed he was set up and said he appreciates the treatment he received from the president. I'm absolutely ecstatic, Papadopoulos told Fox Business Network's Maria Bartiromo Wednesday morning. It's a tremendous moment for myself and my family, and it came on the cusp of Christmas, so it made it even more special for me. Papadopoulos now claims he did not lie about his meeting with the professor, now known to be Joseph Mifsud. Rather, he misremembered when he met with them. According to a document Papadopoulos signed, he told the FBI that Mifsud claimed Russia had damaging information about Hillary Clinton, including emails, but falsely said he met Mifsud prior to joining the Trump campaign. Uh, Let's see here. Asked if he plans to sue over his treatment, Papadopoulos was noncommittal, but hinted that it was possible. Uh, so stay tuned for that. There may be a, a lot more uh, coming in about that, uh, one, might, uh, one might think. All right, real briefly here, let's listen in to President Trump just, just briefly uh, about uh, his uh, White House statement where he talks about the election. Now, and, and again, you know, there are so many people out there uh, that, uh, that have all these questions and I don't know, we get so many calls on the Captain's America. We get so many messages about people who are saying, look, can't they just see what's in front of their faces? Can't they look at this and see what happened? I mean, uh, if, if, if we can see this in the reporting that has been done on this, why can't the courts, why can't a judge and so forth? Well, I think the simple fact of the matter is judges just aren't going to touch this thing. They, they're just not going to do it. Um, I think they don't want to be, um, uh, I, to, to some degree, and this is going to sound really bad because we've gotten to the point in this country where we are now terrified of thuggery. We're terrified of the thug consequences that we will inevitably experience if we really do go for the truth in things. And this was the lesson, evidently, that was being taught to us over the summer. No matter what, 
If the mobs decide this is what they're going to do, this is what they're going to go do. Don't get in their way. They're busting heads for real. They're they're doing. And remember all those ideas out there who are busting heads. That all these people got their got hurt or attacked or or, 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 or uh, firework bombed or whatever the case may be by an idea, right? According to Joe Biden, ah, Antifa, there, that's an idea. You know. It's not an idea, right? I mean, it's it's not a concept. It's it's the real people doing really really bad things. Um, but what I'm saying here, of course, is that we the lesson evidently we're supposed to learn here, I guess, is that if if you go against what this thing is 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 doing, then there's going to be thuggery in the streets. And I think this and quite. Frankly and candidly, I think this is what a lot of the judges are very afraid of. If they're not already simply just not on board with trying to, uh, because they're anti-Trump or something like that, that's also a major component for some of them. Not all, but some, I'm sure. Um, they're, they are looking at this possibility that there would be violence uh, on, on a scale we've never seen um, in, in the modern era basically um in, in the in the, the 20th century for for domestic things in the united states so let's um let's listen into president trump as he begins to uh to outline what uh his thoughts on the election let's listen in and i don't hear him so okay we <laughs> i think we just need to we need to change a little something right there and i think we got it and here we go president trump my fellow americans Today, I want to explain to you why I am so determined to pursue every legal and constitutional option available to stop the theft of the presidential election. As president, one of my most solemn duties is to protect the integrity of your sacred right to vote. This year, using the virus as a pretext, Democrat officials in the key swing states illegally violated their own state laws in order to enable, encourage, and facilitate fraud on a scale never before seen in the history of our country. The truth is, we won the election by a landslide. We won it big. Today, I'm going to give you the facts that every American needs to know. Let's go back to the night of the election. By midnight, we had a commanding lead in the swing states. We won Florida by a record number of votes. We won Ohio by a record number of votes. And likewise, we won Iowa by 8.2%, far different than the false narrative portrayed in the media. We were up by 293,000 votes in Michigan, 112,000 votes in Wisconsin, 356,000 votes in Georgia, and nearly 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania, all swing states. These numbers were absolutely impossible for Joe Biden to overcome. And the Democrats knew it, and everybody forecasting knew it and understood it well. Our nation's greatest political professionals were calling to congratulate me on our victory. Then suddenly everything started to disappear. Everything started to change. The vote counting abruptly stopped in multiple states. In the middle of the night, a series of massive and statistically inconceivable vote dumps overturned the results in state after state. At 6.31 a.m., very early in the morning, 
Michigan suddenly reported 147,224 votes. 94% for Biden, 6% for Trump. At 4.42 a.m., Wisconsin reported 143,279 votes, almost all of them for Biden. A similar massive drop of ballots happened in Georgia at 1.34 a.m. Again, almost all of these votes for Biden. These gigantic and ridiculously one-sided spikes were miraculously just enough to push Joe Biden into the lead in all of the key swing states. These glaring anomalies are just the tip of the iceberg. We won 18 of 19 bellwether counties, a record, that have correctly predicted the winner of every presidential election for the last 40 years. We also won Ohio, Florida, and Iowa by historic margins, meaning Biden would be the first candidate since 1960 and only the second candidate in American history to win the White House while losing all three of those major states. Okay, so there, and this goes on, and uh, very good information in the sense of how President Trump's laying all this out. But I got to tell you, folks, you see, the pre- what the president's talking about, now people can debate it, Right. Um, but what's happening now, because the courts have refused to hear this, um, for real, uh, what, uh, because these state legislatures are refusing to act and do their duty in order to find out about this, um, and, and, and take some kind of action, um, everything's going to be left up to, it looks like this is going to go on and on for a long time. And the Biden machine and Biden himself, they're trying to call for unity, turn the page, move on, you know, uh, just accept it and all this kind of thing. Americans would accept the results of the election. But when there are these kinds of questions, legitimate questions from eyewitnesses, people who filled out affidavits, video evidence, all these things, the American people are not simply going to say, "Okay, well, whatever. But they do. They they would accept it if they could make sure that this the fraud that is being alleged here with the evidence that's been presented, that it was a non-starter or something like that. But it's only that they continue to be told this. We're not supposed to talk about it. The media is not can't is not allowed. And I think this is really this is a key phrase. They're not allowed to dig on this. They're not allowed to do it. They're only allowed to tell you what they have been told to tell you and what the essentially the party line is. So one of the only ways President Trump can get this stuff out there is to go and make a statement like this so that people begin to hear it perhaps through other channels. And so this is this is really big. So, again, you know, how how can the country move forward if we can't even have an actual hearing on things? That is that is the key issue. Folks, thanks for listening today. We will see you on the radio tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Special Christmas Eve edition of the program. Take care out there. You're listening to Kyle Warren.